88.1 WHOV welcomes you to the pastor's study. The pastor's study in your church or any church is a place where the pastor goes to collect his thoughts, hear from God, study God's word, and develop ideas and thoughts on the direction the church needs to take in leading others to Christ. The pastor's study is where the road to salvation is paved, the mysteries of the Bible revealed. The Pastor's Study on WHOV is a talk show that allows you, the listener, to come inside to find out more about the ministries of the gospel in the area and the good works they're doing across the region, the nation, and the world. Now, here's your host, Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News. The Pastor's Study is now open to the public. So come on in and find out God's plan for your life and His people. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday afternoon. This is the essence of HU 88.1. WHOV, welcome to the Pastor Study. Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church. Pastor John Young in studio. Good to be back. I was out last week, spent a little time with the kids, and uh, it's always good to do that right before school starts. And uh, we're, we're just glad to be back. Uh, I did have an opportunity to chime in a little bit on the topic, but certainly I uh, want to bring back Pastor Young because he did a great job on, on last Tuesday holding it down, seeing how it's done, and 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 I know that you got a lot of phone calls, a lot of feedback, and so actually we're going to pick up on where we left off last week, but uh, before we get into that, Pastor Young, how you doing today? It's good to see you. Good to see you also, bro. Miss you, man, and and uh, I, I'm glad you had a chance to spend some time with the, with the boys. Uh, I should say with the boy. Boy and Boy and girl with the family, amen. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I I always honor and cherish that in a pastor that hadn't forgot about Jerusalem ministry. Uh, uh, pastor Swan inspires me in ways that he uh, uh, would never imagine. You know, it's one thing to inspire me to, you know, be a better pastor and a better uh, family friend, but he inspires me to be taller. Um, I actually have on some shoes that... Uh, that are called Nike shocks and uh, the heel on them is about an inch or so. But even in that, I'm looking at his heel and he got about two inch heels on his, on his, uh, on his dress shoes. You see, because he wears dress shoes sometimes on the radio, even though y'all can't see him, he looks really nice. And I'm sitting beside him in shorts and a t-shirt. So um, y'all pray uh, that, that I can uh, get that uh, dress nice spirit uh, like Pastor Swan has. We praying for you, actually, is what we're doing. He said, you pray to be told. And I tell you what, you something else, man. If you're just tuning in for the first time, this this show, uh, you know, we talk about relevant issues. You know, a lot of the things, Pastor Young, we talk about, I think, are good because some of these conversations that we have are not always had within our churches. You know, we, you know, people talk about these issues, but never at a level of which everybody can come in and join in with pastors. And I think that that's one of the reasons why our show is what it is. And we, we get lots of people that call in and we thank everybody that has contributed to the show in some kind of way to the faithful ones that call to the ones who are just listening. And, and we get all kinds of feedback and we want to say thank you for just tuning in. Uh, however you tune in, uh, whether it's on uh, Tuesdays where we do the show live, whether it's on Sundays uh, after service at one o'clock 
or whether you're listening uh, through the internet, we had some people uh, to call us the other day saying that they heard the show through the WHOV website. And so they were all over the United States. And so we thank God that the show has grown to the level that it is. And we're just trying to offer topics and, and things that will allow us to continue to have these lively discussions. You know, Pastor Swan, one of the things that I, I think we as a body of Christ have to be careful about is that, you know, we can create an atmosphere where people are forced to be phony, where they're forced to put on a mask because there's certain topics that are taboo to talk about in church, um, even though they're absolutely happening on the other side of the walls of the sanctuary. And so we need to be able to stay relevant to uh, our community and not just the Christian community, but those that we are called to evangelize, those people that are trying to understand what's happening on the inside of those walls. Why are those people going in there every Sunday, every Wednesday or Thursday or whenever? What's happening? in there that makes them uh, uh, makes that place someplace that I need to be and so if we can't deal with their issues that they're dealing with on a relevant uh, and consistent basis then we uh, have have uh, made ourselves dysfunctional as a church so I, I'm, I'm excited about uh, our uh, venue because we have the opportunity to tap into things that many people won't touch you're absolutely right and maybe that's a topic for a future show. What what are the real barriers that prevent churches from from growing the way they need to? And there might be several of which we can get into. That might be next week's show. You just you just touched on a good topic. Uh because the Bible does call for churches to grow. The the mandate has been set. Go into the hedges and highways and go into all the world uh, teaching and baptizing. And so we have that mandate, but if churches aren't growing, there must be a reason. And, and maybe we can talk about that next week. But uh, nevertheless, again, if you're just tuning in, this is how we roll. We just kind of talk about things. Uh, we, we like you to call in. We always like to hear your perspectives. But but please, when you do call in, don't call in with some tangent, some off-the-wall <laughs> remark. So stay Stay relevant, please. To, to the topic. We, we need to do some housekeeping today. I know last week there was uh, a, a challenging call, and we get those every now and again, but but please, when you do call, stay stay on task, please, so we can have another caller to call and, and we can move the show along. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back on the other side of the break today, we're going to pick up on part two of the discussion that was started last week on this online dating the online dating community has rapidly expanded. And I have some figures that I want to share with you also that may uh, surprise you. And so the question becomes, is, is this significant within the Christian realm? Should, should we as churches and pastors, you know, do we need to address this from the pulpit? Do we need to talk about ways in which uh, people now connect with each other? Uh, is this the new way of which uh, people find love? Uh, there's even a site that I'll get to. You will not believe what the site offers uh, in terms of dating. And so we're going to talk about all of that on the other side of the break. As always, we're going to take your phone calls uh, once we get once we open up the lines. But again, uh, we'll talk about all this on the other side. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. Listen, Eden is kingdom and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear you. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? And welcome back to the Pastor Study. Here on the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. 
We're going to go ahead and jump in to our question of the day, which, if you're just tuning in, is actually part two of last week's discussion. A topic really that kind of surprised me when when uh, it was presented, and and you know we kind of throw ideas around about what to talk about, and but then once you started sharing the statistics and things, it it really opened my eyes to where we are as a as a generation, and and where we are as as pastors and having to address this issue of online dating and how people meet people and and whether or not that's good for for Christians and saints of God to be participating in these types of uh, online dating communities. And so kind of give us a summary of last week, Pastor Johnson and, and Pastor Young, about w- what you talked about, and then we'll we'll keep going from there. You know, one of the things, uh, Pastor Swan, that really surprised me is that um, a lot of people uh, see the Internet, you know, as sort of the boogeyman. You know, it, it's... it's uh, you know, and I, I think we came to a, a conclusion uh, by at some point in the show that it's almost like, you know, if, if someone gets stabbed to death, you don't blame the knife. You know, if, if someone gets shot to death, you don't blame the gun. You know, they, they aren't free moral agents that have choice. And so how you use it is, is really uh, determines whether or not it can be used for good or bad. And I, I think the thing that really surprised me um, was, A, how receptive uh, one uh, dynamic of the community is to um, uh, meeting people online. However, um, there was also a comforting um, uh, uh, common chord that most people, despite their um, uh, receptiveness to meeting someone online, uh, most people were very adamant about not uh, uh, dropping your guard and getting comfortable uh, just because you met someone online and they're not a stranger per se because you've had some online chatting with them and that kind of stuff. You still need to take the same precautions, if not more sometimes, because of someone that you met online. Uh, uh, what do you think, uh, Pastor Johnson? Absolutely, Pastor Young. I, I, I concur with you. That was my first big word for the day. <laughs> uh, we, we, we came to a consensus that really said that, uh, second big word for the day, uh, sa- that really said that uh, we really clearly communicated that we, we don't advocate, and there isn't a biblical perspective for dating, although there are clear biblical principles toward courtship. Um, and everyone seemed to shy away from the idea of dating. It's okay to meet somebody, but then you need to go through the proper uh, process of letting the Holy Spirit lead um, and making sure that there's accountability that's there, uh, communicating with um, mothers, fathers, pastors, leaders, elders, people that are in the church, attending marriage training classes, um, and spending time getting to know the person. I, I gave this idea last week uh, that there are four seasons throughout the year. People change in different seasons based upon climate and environment, and you need to get to see all of the faces that a person wears. And oftentimes people fall in love or, or like the idea of the person's profile online but don't get a chance to know the actual person. So pretty much the callers were all in agreement with it's all right to meet somebody, but uh, from that point, you've got to get to really know the person and decide whether or not you want to enter into a courtship with that person. Okay, and I guess there are two questions I want to raise before we open up the phone lines. And, and, and the first one has to do with where they meet. It, does it make a difference in your mind if somebody meets another person online as opposed to, say, Walmart or Target? Does it make a difference in that respect? 
can can it be used positively just to connect people who may not otherwise be able to do so? Because what we do realize is that there are a lot, whether we like it or not, there are a lot of dating websites on the internet. So from that perspective alone, do you see any problem, Pastor Young, if if somebody wants to just meet somebody? Maybe they maybe their circle is small. It's they don't really in in where they go to work, home, wherever they go, they just don't meet people. Do you have any problem with them using the sites as a way of just expanding, you know, their circle? You know, um, it reminds me of, you know, me and, and my Mooney. Mooney is my wife, by the way. I call her Mooney, um, but we'll just keep that between us. Please. Okay. But <laughs> me and Mooney, we met in the parking lot of Miracle Temple. Okay. I mean, that sounds like right out of a postcard. Right. That's a church, you know what I mean? And and we, our church was fellowshipping with their church. And then, you know, uh, she she was a member of our church, and uh, uh, she was there before me, so I was a member of her church. And I taught Sunday school, and she was in the Sunday school class, and that's how we, you know, met and that kind of thing. And I won't get into that. But the point is, is that that is the uh, socially acceptable way to meet as far as the way most church people see things, you know, to meet in church. But you let... Somebody come and say, yeah, we met on an online dating site. (laughs) You know, all of a sudden now your relationship is corrupt in some people's mind. Because the truth is, is that, you know, some people will say, just wait on the Lord, baby. Just wait on the Lord. And, you know, you sit there and you just pray and you just be who God called you to be and this, that, or the other. But I'm always reminded of those stories like uh, you you hear the the, the old time joke when the the preacher was talking about how uh, uh, somebody was in a flood. And then then they were praying for God to deliver them. And then then the God. God, uh, uh, well, well, a boat came and they, they told the boat, no, I'm waiting on God. The helicopter came. They told the helicopter, no, I'm waiting on God. Then the water came and drowned the person. And then when they got to God, said, why didn't you save me? He said, well, I sent a boat and I sent the helicopter. In other words, there's sometimes there's practical resources that you could miss. And, and you know, to me, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong in my spirit. I get no condemnation nor conviction for someone telling me that they met Online. Now, that's the thing I want to emphasize. If, if we could just call it an online meeting site instead of an online dating site, then it would probably be a lot more acceptable to most church folk. What do you think? Okay. And Pastor Johnson, I do want to raise that question to you. If somebody comes in your office and, you know, we counsel, we ask you, well, how did you meet and all that kind of stuff. Well, I met in Walmart. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, I met in the parking lot of a church. Oh, that's wonderful. Do you, do you say, oh, if they say, well, we met online. Do you have do you have a different mentality when you first hear that a couple has met online as opposed to meeting in person? Now, see, Pastor Swan, that's unfair because you're messing with my apostolic Pentecostal holiness background right now. (laughs) (laughs) And that is to say, I used to be one of those persons, you know, uh, I come out of the the, the religious persuasion that uh, if you wear makeup, it's a sin. If you if a woman got on earrings, it's a sin. If if she got on pants, and why is everything always about the what the woman has on? Well, how don't we talk about what the man has got going on? Also, I I never wanted, I never could get an answer to that question coming out of those uh, circles, extreme like that. Uh, but uh, the fact of the matter is, is that right now today in my own ministry, I've got great people. 
who love the Lord, live a Christian lifestyle, honorable people uh, that met at a quote unquote online dating service. And they are great people, love the Lord. So I think we've got to do away with a lot of things that are taboo. And I wholeheartedly agree with Pastor Young. Uh, that uh, many times our own cultural filter, not necessarily what is scriptural or biblical or spiritual, kind of takes a greater role in how we view things, which begs to to deal with a larger question. What's wrong with the Internet? As Pastor Young said, the Internet is amoral. It's not good or bad. It is how you use it, and it's always the intent of the heart of the person who's doing the using that really makes a difference. So if you meet online, no problem. Now, one of the things that our uh, gentleman that helps us with the show, Kevin Moose Anderson, he closed the show out last week, Pastor Swan, saying this. Oftentimes, people create a profile online that is unreal, and when you get a chance to really meet them, they don't look like that. Uh, they weigh more, a whole lot more than what they do, have more hair or less hair than what they have. Uh, and it's just real interesting. So that's why you've got to get to know the whole person. But we shouldn't uh, place a, a a standard on where you meet somebody. And I know I'm upsetting some church mothers and church fathers on that right there. Uh, but my wife and I, Pastor Swan, we met on spring break. I remember like it was yesterday, 1994, spring break, I headed to Florida doing spring bling week. So everybody else is out on the beach doing their thing. She and I walking on the beach holding hands. I'm getting my cool points in for later on. Because hopefully she's listening right now. (laughs) You can get get your points here. Okay, so it it does make a difference is what we're saying to to some degree. Well, let let me say this. Um, I was reading after, after the show was over last week, I was actually reading Essence Magazine. And in August edition of Essence Magazine, Steve Harvey is listed in there. And um, there is, uh, first of all, a, a statistic that said in Essence Magazine that between the year, in the study that they did, between 2007 and 2009, of all the couples that they, that they targeted and asked them how did they meet, you know, all those kind of things, 30% of the people in the survey said that they met online. Which surprised me. That that that's a much higher number between 2007 and 2009. Thirty percent of the couples that they targeted in this particular survey said that they met online. So is this a larger phenomenon than maybe we are realizing, or, or maybe even giving credit for, Pastor? Young? Yeah, the ad that uh, we referred to last week in the Huffington Post said that it was a billion dollar industry. And that the, uh, the get this, Pastor Swan, the pornography industry credited uh, this online dating uh, phenomenon, because Ray is sitting beside me, I had to say phenomenon, um, <laughs> to a loss in profits of, of literally millions of dollars. I forgot exactly how many millions, but it was an astro- uh, astronomical, I'm, I'm going crazy, I, I'm going crazy. I said astronomical because Ray is still here. But look. <laughs> A big number of their uh, profits dipped in the pornography industry, specifically because of online dating, according to them. What do you think about that? That's that's phenomenal. I think, again, we're underestimating the impact of this. And and I think you said it at the beginning of the show. Maybe the present generation, the youth generation, are are very comfortable in, in this type of environment. Maybe because of us who came out of a different generation of meeting folks. Maybe this is completely foreign to us, but the reality is with Facebook and how popular it is, over 500 million people 
have a Facebook account with a number of people who are now 30%. And let me say this. Steve Harvey was promoting a website. Get this, y'all. He was promoting a website that basically said that two people can meet on the site and then they can actually watch a movie together on the site from two different places. And while the movie is being played on the Internet, they can chat and send messages to each other on the screen as the movie <laughs> as the movie is playing. So they're not even in the same place. And they're considering a date now, two people being connected to the same website, watching the same movie at the same time, and texting or sending messages to each other. That That's where it's going. And, and so, Pastor Johnson, you hear that. Um, what does that say, first of all? And, and I guess this is the larger question I want to raise today, and then we'll open up the phone lines. With this type of technology that is existing, which says people can connect through a screen and, and through computer, that means that there's, there's lost in some way some face-to-face -face dynamic that you just can't get on a computer. Do you think that this in some way will impact how we as pastors need to look at how we do church? Because some element of the interaction of which most of the young people are experiencing, they don't have to, they don't have to meet face-to-face. Is that something that we need to be mindful of as we move forward in ministry and reaching this generation? Uh, Pastor Swan, I would absolutely agree with you that it is absolutely necessary for pastors of the 21st century to utilize technology in regards to ministry. Uh, there's got to be the use of Facebook, Twitter, uh, Internet, DVDs, CDs, uh, Skype, and uh, everything that you can think of in terms of technology to get the gospel out. I don't think that God has a problem with our use of that. I think what he would have a problem with is if our use of that replaces the authenticity and the integrity of face-to-face -face ministry, meaning that there has to be a physical encounter at some point with the presence of who Jesus is through our local ministries. Um, and if we take that back to dating, Sure, you could sit online and, and if you and again, we're saying we don't necessarily understand, you know, the, the contemporary cultural idea of what dating is, per se, because that's not a biblical concept. However, meeting somebody, watching a movie through the computer, texting each other back and forth, having a conversation through the phone or through the keyboard on the use of a computer to get to know somebody and trying to get to meet them. You could do that. But. There ain't anything that's going to replace looking that person in the eye, dwelling them, dwelling with them according to knowledge for a period of time before you engage in a meaningful covenant relationship. Nothing can replace the physicality and the physiological nature of that. So we can have all the technology we want, but you really are not going to get to know the heart of that person until you dwell with them through seasons for a while according to knowledge. That has to happen. It's, it's interesting you say that, and I know we're going off on a tangent, and now we're going to open up the phone line, 727-5711. We want to hear from you. What do you think about this online dating? What do you think about relationship, church, how it all connects? R.A. Vernon, Pastor R.A. Vernon out of Cleveland, uh, who is considered to be one of the well-renowned pastors in, in, in the United States. Pastor Johnson, he has a service that he does where... He never attends the service. The service is completely screens. So they have, he does it by satellite. So while he's in one location, the feed goes to this other location, and there are, there are thousands of people that are sitting 
in this auditorium watching three giant screens of Pastor Vernon preaching. He never goes. He admits that. He never goes to this particular site, doesn't have time. He just does a simulcast. And his comment was, you know, people said it couldn't be done, but it's actually taking place. So, Pastor Young, if if people certainly are willing to date online, do you think people now are willing to get to the place where they may even consider doing church online, completely online, without ever having to come into a sanctuary? You know, for me, I think that's unfortunate. Uh, it, although it, it may be, for lack of better words, a necessary evil at times, because there are times where, you know, uh, people are just uh, drawn to um, a particular ministry. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that short term that may work. But even when, you know, when you talk about the online uh, comparison, online dating comparison to the online churching comparison, you know, there's a certain safety, I feel, in the online dating um, um, uh, when you think about it from this perspective. I think Pastor Ray has has about 37 daughters um, <laughs> or something like that. I lost count. But I, I got one. Uh, and, 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 and bless her heart, when she goes on her first date, me and her and her first date, because I'm going to... <laughs> You know, before she gets to a point to where she can date a, a, a alone with some guy, this is probably going to be after she's married. She can date after she's married. She courts until she gets married. But my point is, is that is that if 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 some guy is dating her, I'm almost more comfortable if I didn't met the guy and we didn't got to know each other. Okay, and y'all want to go on a date without me? Then okay, date online. Go go to that that site. Y'all watch a movie together, text each other. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's safe. You know what I mean? Uh, he can't, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I'm sorry. Maybe I just went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> because I started thinking about my daughter. But but I guess going back to your your, your point about the church, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, we are at a place now to where we're going to have to uh, take a greater advantage of, of, of the resources that uh, are made available to us as a church because rest and trust and believe the world is doing that. You know, they are uh, 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 putting out their, their uh, agenda uh, by any way they can. And so we need to be able to uh, remain relevant and remain competitive. And, and some people may think uh, that, that the church doesn't have to be competitive, but I absolutely believe we must. We have to compete for the influence of our, of our younger generation because uh, what we're doing now, just trying to do the take me to the water hymns, that isn't winning them. So we have to be able to connect with our young people in a relevant way that they understand. Excellent point. And I think you know, the larger issue is these these dating sites are popular, they're profitable, people are using them. The question becomes, how then does the church, the pastor, the church leaders then begin to figure out how to develop relationships with people through the use of technology in the same way that these dating services apparently are connecting people? And I think that's something that the church is going to have to figure out and figure out pretty quick in order to keep up with where technology is taking us. I think we have a caller on the air. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead and st um, state your comment, please. Okay, I've been working with the information technology field for about 26 years, and uh, I saw this coming a long time ago, but churches have been very reluctant to enter into any type of um, computer. I call it information, uh, rich information poor. I think you can do it. You can bridge all those gaps, but you have to be smart about it. You have to make up a plan. You have to be willing to create your church as an identity. You have to exist inside the space. 
and even the dating. If you want to make a difference, you have to create an identity in cyberspace and then have a local meeting somewhere as like a form of a meet and greet because the Internet is a bad place to be. I'm working in information system security. I've done a couple of cases for uh, pedophiles and all this predatory stuff. It's a very, very, very bad place to be trying to date because you have professional daters. You have a single guy there now that was out there 10 years ago. They have no intention of doing anything but meeting as many women as they can meet. And also you have women out there that's just trying to get you to pay their, their bills because they're beautiful women. So you have to be careful. A lot of lonely people in the world, and sometimes they can go the wrong way, but there are ways that we in the church can combat it, and the best way is to create a viable presence. I think every church should have a presence out on the Internet, on Facebook, and every pastor should be putting out at least a, a weekly message to his group of people that he's talking to because everybody's out there, so why not step up to the plate, join them, and that way you have a, you have a presence, not only in the community, but in the world, because the Internet is 24 hours. When you sleep, the Internet is still there, so you have to kind of do a paradigm shift, and I look at the Internet as being a bad guy, but look at the Internet as being an opportunity. It's very, very bad, however, comma, I think that God is going to give us more wisdom to be able to get out there and use these types of things. I couldn't, I've tried to do many things with many churches on the Internet, and I've made with a lot of that success because they have a different type of mindset, but I think if they could do a paradigm shift, like this is what you guys are talking about, then I think you guys could be very, very successful. Okay. Thank you for the call. We appreciate the time. She raises an interesting point, Pastor Young, uh, and it, it kind of went against your thought of dating online, and, and that is, you know, all of us here have daughters, and I'm not sure Pastor Johnson actually has 37 daughters, but <laughs> you're going to get him in trouble. <laughs> You'll go home. To, for, and Lady Jolly will be like, is something you need to tell me? <laughs> but but I, we have daughters, and we hear the story all the time, and she said, you know, these these adults who seek out who seek out the young children online and, and how scary that can be. As a matter of fact, there was just recently in the paper, I think last week, a youth pastor that was, that was caught um, engaging in this type of activity of finding and, and trying to date someone underage. And so how do we begin to, 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 to help people, Pastor Young? You know, yes, they're out there. Yes, the Internet can be a dangerous place. But like the caller said, people are lonely and people are seeking ways to, to try to find connections with others. How do we protect our youth, our, our daughters, um, from getting engaged and caught up in, in situations that they don't need to be? You know, um, I think that last caller may have been uh, from Ray's church because she used paradigm shift a couple of times. Um, but if not, I apologize, uh, woman of God. I really appreciate her comments because, you know, the truth is, is that, you know, we uh, we have to get to a place as as pastors collectively and individually that we get to a point to where, you know what, um, I'm OK with criticism. You know, because I think that sometimes the thing that that prevents us from stepping out there and doing what we feel is the right thing to do is that we're afraid that we're going to get mocked or criticized for being secular or worldly or carnal and bringing that uh, stuff in the church that don't belong in the church. You know how, how they say that that word church. Uh, and, and so I guess my point is, is that, you know, when when we get to a place to where we're doing what we are um, uh, are called to do as as pastors and leaders in the community, we have to do everything within our power and take advantage of every resource at our disposal to
to reach the people that God has called us to reach. And, um, you know, uh, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I ain't afraid of the Internet. I ain't afraid of, 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 of online predators or any of that, you know, because I know for a fact that we have, um, we have a secret weapon. We've got discernment. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to, to help lead and guide us. And guess what? You know, there are going to be some people that just won't listen to us. And that's going to happen whether we use the Internet to reach people or not. And so when you relate that to online dating, we have to understand that pastors aren't the only ones with the Holy Ghost. We aren't the only ones with discernment. We aren't the only ones with the with with the with the gifts of the power gifts of the Holy Spirit manifesting in us and through us. And so we've got to trust the people that uh, that uh, are 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 using this uh, uh, site to meet people. And and just like uh, Pastor Ray uh, mentioned, and I can only assume you do too, because I think you have uh, four million members. Um, uh, you, 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 we, we all have people within our congregation that met online and have productive Christian families uh, that thank God for the website that they met on. You know what I mean? And, and you know, had God not used that, who knows if they would have met, you know? So God uh, chose to use that because it's undeniable when you look at these relationships of the people that, that, that are in my mind that are productive uh, Christian citizens uh, that they met online. And so we, we have to be more comfortable with that. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about online dating and we're trying to make a connection between online dating and the church and whether or not the church also needs pastors need to be more creative and developing relationships with their congregants online. And so certainly we want to hear from you. 727-5711, 727-5711. Pastor Johnson, there was a, um, a pastor, actually Pastor Riddick at Gethsemane was talking to me a few about a month ago. And he was asking me, had I heard about the Avatar Church? And and this church is uh, completely online. And it was based out of the characters of the movie Avatar. And uh, Pastor was overseeing the site. And, and the people had the opportunity to go on the site and create their own character as members of this online community. And the word would go forth. And at last check, there were 5,000 people that were connected to this particular church. And so some kind of way, uh, you know, the message is going forth. Um, but are these the types of things, you know, somebody sitting there thinking out of the box creatively about how to create these types of relationships. Now, when we first hear about these things, the Avatar Church, or we hear about how can two people date completely online. They're not in the same room. They're watching a movie together, but not even in the same room. That seems foreign to us, but it's not foreign to to the generation that is behind us. So, Pastor Johnson, I think we need to we need to be more open minded in in terms of how we really address and deal with the next generation of our congregations. Uh, is is Avatar the name of the church? I, I'm 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 just I'm I'm you just really blew me away with that one. But I mean, uh, to your point, Pastor Swan, we do need to look beyond. Uh, just kind of the normal constructs of how we do church. Now, there is no, when we look at the New Testament church in the book of Acts, they met in homes all throughout the regions of the cities and environments that they were in. So 
there isn't necessarily a formula where you got to sing two songs, do this, do that, do the other. Um, but I still think there needs to be worship. There needs to be fellowship among people, greeting each other, shaking somebody's hand, hugging somebody, some kind of way where there's koinonia, fellowship happening in the environment. And then there's got to be proclamation and inspiration and also teaching of the word. And I, I just... I'm for technology, but what I'm not for is losing the anchors of what makes the church the church, a belief in Jesus Christ, an invitation uh, to accept Christ, uh, instruction, and then fellowship. Those things, which requires us sometimes we've got to, I'm for Skype. I do meetings by Skype. I'm for, um, you know, Facebook. I'm for Twitter. I'm for MySpace. I'm for using technology. I, in my own church, I've got every room wired to where you can look, see, and hear the service. I'm for all of that. I'm, I'm, when we talked about um, Pastor Vernon, you know, uh, I've had some conversation with people about me. Maybe I should just preach at Newport News and not physically go to Hampton uh, when we do our Hampton service. But I tell you, there is something said for being able to touch and feel and be a part of the presence in the environment physically. I don't think that that's something that can't be duplicated. And I think we all three agree to that. But the reality is there is a group behind us that feels that you can still have some level of a relationship outside of physical presence. People buy DVDs of the service. People buy CDs of the service. They listen to them when they get home. Uh, they, they feel some sort of connection. We, you know, they, they're, the Word Network, TBN, all of them have preachers that come on and preach, and we can identify with them watching TV. If we can do it that way, then how come... I'm just playing the other side. If you can listen to a DVD and be inspired when you when it's over, why couldn't it be like that consistently? Somebody's still getting the message. Somebody's still getting blessed. They're still getting the word. What are they missing, Pastor Young, if they choose to do it that way? You know, one of the things that that, that should do uh, is it should drive you into the presence of God. Because, you know, when you when you listen to a powerful message, whether it be on the TV or, or a DVD that you hear, it should drive you into somebody's local church, in my opinion, because at some point I need to lay my hands on you. You know, at some point I need you in the prayer line where you can experience a tangible presence of the power of God. I said tangible in the middle of this uh, sermonette because 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 Pastor Ray was here. But I, I think the point is, is that, you know, at some point, you know, it, it should get us excited and inspired to, to, to take advantage of, of the technology and get the word out in a lot of places. I went into Pastor Ray's church last Saturday. We were doing a wedding together and somebody looked at me, whispered in their in their wrist. Pastor Young is here, like some Secret Service dude. You know what I'm saying? Pastor Ray got the technology down. You know what I mean? So, 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 like you said, I mean, I get inspired by that. You know, when I can see, you know, God's people taking advantage of all of His resources. But at the same time, you know, at the same time, when it's all said and done, at the end of the day, the Word says, "Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together." And so, we need to get to a point to where we allow technology to be an appetizer, a foretaste. Uh, and, and if you can get that excited, looking at a DVD. Um, imagine how it would be as after that's over, you go into the presence of God and allow some prayer warriors to lay their hands on you and, and nurture you through whatever it is that you need to be broke out of, you know, because we all got issues. <laughs> you got that right. And so I guess here's the question. The question is, if people can develop relationships through these online dating services, because obviously there are many of them out there, then can people also develop relationships with God in the same way? Are we being short-sighted here? 
Or are we getting cues from these dating services that say it can be done? Maybe we need to rethink how relationships should be developed. I think the caller hung up there. So, again, once again, 727-5711 is the number. We want you to chime in and uh, see what, what you have to say about this. You know, Pastor Young, are, are, we, are we missing the boat here? Um, because obviously the, the world is doing it. Are we looking like the ones that are antiquated and outdated because we're asking you to come to church when, you know, virtual meetings are happening all over the place? Can there be a literally a virtual fellowship where relationships can be developed, maybe not in person, but in another way? You know, one thing that I, we, we can't lose sight of either is even in the way the world does it, what is the culmination? I am throwing them out, Ray. Um, what, what is the culmination of what they're trying to do is ultimately they don't want to keep dating online. Eventually they want to meet. You know, they want to get together. And so it is an introduction. But, you know, ultimately, watch this. The crescendo of what they're trying to do is they want to get together and connect on a personal basis. And so I think that there is a logic in that where you can develop a relationship with God and or a church online. But ultimately, when it's all said and done, you got to be graduating to something, is my opinion. And I, and I, I would love for someone to call in who maybe has you know, you're in a relationship, maybe you're married, you met online. I think we, we would love to hear that perspective on the show. So if that's you, please call in 727-5711. We do have another caller on the air. Caller, are you there? Yes. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Um, I just had a, it was kind of a, a comment that was for and against. I can't remember who's, who's saying it, but um, it was just a comment about um, feeling as though using the the internet and these different things that are of the world to kind of reach the younger generation, um, I feel like that can either be a, a positive or an extreme negative because, um, I mean, me, myself, I'm 24 years old. I am young. I am coming out of, um, of the younger generation, and I know when I was coming into the church, the last thing that I wanted to feel or to believe was that um, the world was going to be the same on the outside as it was when I walked into the doors of the church. Um, young people, I feel like they're looking for something that's different, something that, that's not the same. And when they come to Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is vastly different than anything that we could ever imagine or, or think of in the world, it's, it's a comforting thing. And um, to go back to those very same things where you're doing um, online dating and you don't have that one-on-one -on -one personalized conversation, um, it does make it more difficult because now you, you have a harder time distinguishing between the world and the church. And as far as, of course, being the book of Revelation, talking about the lukewarm church, you, you have to be careful with, with combining um, the cold with the hot because you, you don't get more hot. You get more and more watered down. Okay. So, let, let me ask you, you're 24. Uh, yeah. Have you ever considered an online dating site to meet somebody? I haven't. I've done the Facebook, the MySpace. Um, I haven't ever gotten to the point to where I was interested in online dating, mainly because I've been the person that have, has tried the long-distance relationships and just having the, the phone calls and um, just not being able to, to fellowship. And more than that, I'm just saying not being able to fellowship with a person one-on-one, -on -one, for us to do Bible studies together, for us to um, go out and do different ministries together, for me to physically see and to be in the presence of someone that also wants to serve the Lord 
as I do. And sometimes when you're just on the phone and you're on the Internet, people can say whatever they want to say. Sure. They can you're absolutely right. They a completely different mindset when you're behind a screen and you're, or even on a telephone and you have no clue who this person really is. And then when you, you know, that's been always the thing of my mind. When you do meet this person, is it the same? Is it the same person that you thought you knew on the on a computer screen? Okay, one last question very quickly, and thank you for your comments, by the way. Uh, have any of your friends, do you know of any of your friends, anybody personally that has used an online dating service? Yes. Okay, would you say most of your friends, some of your friends, few, few of your friends? I would say more a few. Few. Okay. Very good. Thank you for for the call. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay. She raises an interesting point. You know, she's saying I'm I'm coming to church to get something that I don't see in the world. Now that's interesting. Uh, be, because you know, so many times we we hear you need to be doing things to to reach out in a way that people can can relate. But Pastor Johnson, what do you think about that assessment? She's looking for something that when she walks in is not what she sees in the world. You know, what is interesting, Pastor Swan, is I deal with this all the time. Now, being a contemporary person myself, uh, the locations that I that we do church in, stained glass windows, uh, red velvety carpet, pews, all of that. And, and I love Pastor Young's setup where they have the contemporary uh, strip mall setup and that sort of thing. And I would just love to be in that environment. But now when you ask my 20-year-olds, uh, they love the stained glass because it reminds them of something that's authentic. They love the padded pews. It brings them back to a traditional structure and, and order of solidarity in their lives. Um, and I think that what the what technology does to us sometimes in our texting back and forth, our Skyping, our um, our messaging, our IMing each other, it kind of removes the solidarity of real relationship where there's a human face that's connected to it. So uh, with young people, I'm finding uh, between 20 and 30, or maybe 20 and 25, I would say, they're looking for something that is authentic. Uh, whereas our generation, as Gen X, as we were saying, you know, keeping it real, we wanted something that was real. Well, young people are looking for something that's authentic in the way that it can anchor them. I can actually place my faith, trust, um, ideas, hopes, dreams in something that is unmovable and unshakable. So when they come into an environment and they see lights, cameras, uh, whistles, actions, uh, bells, whistles, all of that, it may remind them of something that when this is over, this is just for show. It's not really real. Um, and sometimes, sometimes online dating can be that way because I create a profile that's not who I really am. And when I meet you, you look nothing like what I thought you were going to look like uh, when I get in your mere presence. And so who are you anyway? That becomes a question that, that happens in the minds of people. Yeah, if the picture's only of the face and you don't see the body, <laughs> you got a problem there. <laughs> we we want to open up the phone line. Caller, are you there? Yes. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Um, well, I'm dating someone that's being very proud of the relationship that he and I have. Okay, hold on um, one second. You, you kind of broke up on us, so could you start over, please? I'm sorry. I said I'm dating someone that I did meet online. Okay. And I'm happy. I'm very proud. I'm very, I mean... I've been blessed to be with someone who did not show a falseness. There was no fallacy when it came to who he was. And it was able... I'm sorry, go ahead. What what site, if you don't mind us asking, what site did you use to meet? Craigslist. Craigslist? Mm Mm-hmm. 
And can you help us, please? Because we don't know. We 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 old schooler here. Can, <laughs> what, did you just put a post up, a pro of saying I want to meet someone? Or how did you do it? How did you all actually connect? Well, I I went up there and was very. I think I was blunt in trying to recall what I did post. But I think I was just blunt in stating what I did want and what I didn't want. And he responded, and it took us about maybe almost two weeks. I say closer to two weeks um, to actually physically meet each other. So, how much conversation did you have prior to you meeting? Every day, often, email, phone number. How did you do it? Um, for the first two days, it was emails, maybe about twenty to forty emails between uh, two days. Then we actually exchanged telephone numbers, and it got to the point where. Um, you know, the little puppy love thing of falling asleep on the phone and, and waking up and I hope you have a good day and things of that nature. Okay. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 26. 26. And do you find that your other friends also have done the same thing, posted a, a, something on Craigslist or another site in order to find somebody? I do. I think because of, and I hate to say it, but I think it's my generation. We are a instant gratification generation, if you will. Okay. Um, we are the, the type of generation that if we want something, unfortunately, we want it now. Um, and there are some people who would take it by any means necessary. Um, so I really think it just depends on the person. But I know a lot of my friends um, have gone to that kind of method to meet other people. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I, I somewhat agree with the other callers, you know, that... We do need to be in the presence of God, and we do need to be in the in the church. But I think in some respects, we don't need to block our blessings because you can't have a testimony without a test. And sometimes when someone testifies to the goodness of God, we're able to we're able to finally come to some type of conclusion. We may be convicted in their testimony. We may, you know, it may give us a peace of mind or some type of answer that we've been looking for. So I think we need to look at it in that regard. I don't think there's anything wrong with going to church every Sunday. But you have some people who don't know where to go or they're scared to go because of the hypocrisians that are, you know, that are in church. Okay. I appreciate your honesty. Now, one, one last question I, I want to ask you. Okay, mm -hmm. so you met you put a you put a post on Craigslist. He contacted you. Mm -hmm. How long did it take for you until you felt like you could trust him enough to take it to the next step of phone number and then eventually meeting? How, how long did like a couple of days? Did you feel? I mean, at what point did you say I can trust him that what he has posted is actually since genuine? And, and I know that there's no contradiction between whatever he's information he put on, on the site as opposed to who he really is. I didn't actually start trusting him until I didn't actually start trusting his word or trusting what he said to me until we went to church together. Okay. That was, that was our first date was going to church. Your first date was going to church. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was two weeks after you had first connected online. No, our first date wasn't until three weeks. We had a meet and greet that was in a public location. I got you. But our first date, like our first official let's leave the house together type of thing was go to church. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much for the insight. We appreciate the call. No problem. Okay. She seems like she had did it the right way. We're going to, first date going to be the church. <laughs> I didn't know you could put information on Craigslist. Maybe I'm just...
I'm just old school, man. I just did you know that you could do Craigslist? No, but I, I didn't know what a hippo Christian was. I like this lady. But, you know, one of the things that she did say that, that stood out for me, uh, and it kind of reminds me of what the previous caller said about how, you know, not to know uh, or someone can say whatever they want online. But, you know, smooth, I'm sitting between two smooth brothers right now that won't always say. And, 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 and I know that brothers can, can tell you anything that you want to hear, whether it's online or in person. You know what I mean? So just because people are online uh, painting a profile, people can paint a profile right in your face and tell you what you want to hear. And so like she said, though, regardless of, you know, even after the meet and greet, you know, she didn't say that I started trusting him even after the meet and greet happened. Uh, uh, she went and 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 watched his response to the presence of God. And uh, that's a telltale sign right there for me. You're absolutely right. But I think what we can say is that most people may not necessarily follow the steps that she's followed. And I think she's a good example of how it should be done. First first encounter that they met was in a public place uh, amongst lots of people. That was a great sign. Second place we're going to go together, the first place we're going to go together exclusively is going to church. But I don't think that most people follow that formula. And I think that's where folks get in trouble. We have one last caller before we end the show today. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? You have about 30 seconds, so if you can state your comment quickly, please. Um, I agree with her on, on the way that she talked about um, uh, leaning on God and looking to God for her direction on him. Um, I met my husband. Well, he's not my husband yet, but we're engaged in jail. And what drew me to him was our spiritual connection. He okay. Was, he, he leaned. I, I was sick. And he prayed with me. We cried together. We prayed together. And that was our connection. It was God. And I prayed, and I said, okay, God, he's younger than me. I said, what am I supposed to do with this? This guy is younger than me. I am not going to mess with this younger man. But I, I stepped back, and I looked, and I listened. And as he prayed with me, and he talked to me, he kept speaking on God and saying, well, I prayed for someone like you. And his, his words were sincere. But I still was in, I was still looking at the age thing. And I had to look a past the age thing and lean on what his words were saying, which was truly coming from God and him quoting me scriptures and just speaking, you know, inspiration into me and, and healing of, of the words he spoke to me on giving me healing for my sickness. Okay. And well, I just thought that that was the biggest blessing to me because he didn't really know me, but he cared enough to give, to call me every day that I was sick in the hospital and give me a different scripture that was uplifting, you know, that, that was spiritual. And, and as I cried, he cried with me and we prayed together. So well, that, I thank you. I thank you for the call. We are out of time and I, I do appreciate the sentiment. I, I thank you again for your time. And, you know, once again, I think we can, we can say that, whether we whether we like it or not, whether we realize it or not, people are finding creative ways to meet online and develop relationships online. And and the church would be wrong to bury their head in the sand and pretend like this doesn't exist. So we'll, we'll end it there. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll end it right there. Thank you, Lord. We'll end it right there. <laughs> We're out of time. I want to thank... Jay Lang, as always, station manager here at WHOV for giving us this opportunity and forum to discuss these issues. Kevin Moose Anderson, who always helps us out behind the scenes. On behalf of Pastor Ray Johnson, Pastor John Young, this is Pastor Kevin Swan. Once again, be blessed 
and be a blessing to someone else. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV.